my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Contact us to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Hey friends, welcome to episode 394 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. And if you listened last week, you know I'm kind of at that fork in the road and figuring things out still with the future of the podcast as far as the direction that I want to take things, new ideas and whatnot. And what I had rid- originally planned for uh, this episode, episode 394, was to do a wrestling under the influence. But full disclosure, it is almost 830 on Sunday night, and this podcast drops at midnight, um, and I looked at the beer that I was going to be reviewing, and it is uh, almost 8.5% alcohol by volume. It's a pint. It's a lot of beer, a lot of alcohol to drink uh, after I have, full disclosure, had a few beers this weekend, and, and you know, I just decided it's too late to do a wrestling under the influence. So I was going to shift gears and obviously to shift gears, you know, I had to have a backup plan, a plan B, if you will. And this was something that I was going to do a video on, but I figure I could do a little more long form version of this on the podcast because it it is something that I've noticed, uh, you know, not just amongst wrestling fans, but really lately a lot with wrestling fans and, and it's hit a bit closer to home for me, uh, with the wrestling fan side of things. So I've decided to kind of talk about it. And, you know, and I realize that there are obviously going to be negative people in the world, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, people are always going to find something to complain about or something to be critical of, Um, especially in this day and age, you know, the keyboard warriors out there who say and do what they want uh, with little to no repercussion because, you know, we can be much braver and 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 much more fierce, seemingly when we, uh, you know, are separated by hundreds or thousands or you know many many miles, and and we don't say these things to the faces of the people. Um, instead, we just type comments and and go along our our merry little way. And again. Um, I realize acknowledging the haters gives them fuel, but I really sincerely doubt that anyone that, uh, did this is, is listening to this. And if you, uh, you know, you probably will disagree with some of the things that I'm going to say, and that's cool. And I would love to have a discussion, a debate, uh, you know, something that is civil and, and, 
you know, not just an argument for argument's sake. And, and what I'm getting at is ageism in the world of professional wrestling and, and, you know, entertainment in general. And obviously, you know, for years, for decades, you know, wrestling has been a, a sport, uh, a form of entertainment, uh, a competition, things that, that we as fans have watched. And, you know, it's the younger, stronger, faster, you know, the more buff guys and girls seemingly are the ones that we're going to be drawn to. You know, we're going to want to see uh, performers in their peak condition and in peak shape and their prime age, you know, which for wrestling, I would say it's somewhere between, you know, 25 and probably 40. But I think in this day and age, there's a hell of a lot of performers out there over the age of 40 who look amazing, who are still performing at a high level. AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, who I just saw on uh, Hell in a Cell win his handicap match. Uh, you know, John Cena for a long time was was going at a high rate uh, after the age of 40. Chris Jericho, Triple H, you know, unfortunately Triple H has just recently retired, but he was still getting in there. CM Punk, who unfortunately is now injured, he's in his mid-40s or, you know, early, early to mid-40s. So, you know, I, I feel like when I was a kid and watching and we saw guys that were, you know, in their late thirties, they seemed old to be wrestling. Um, you know, and, and, and I, and I'm getting to Ric Flair in just a few minutes here, but you know, it, 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 that generation, you know, it's, it's so weird and different now. And Chad and I have talked about this before too. Like when, you know, WWE to this day still kind of throws back to the attitude era and brings in, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, for example, who at 57, uh, you know, main evented this past year's WrestleMania. And I didn't have a problem with that. I really didn't. Um, and I know, you know, I've kind of changed my tune through the years, realizing that, you know, WWE, WrestleMania, the brand, all of that is a business. And, you know, for a business, you are trying to make money and bringing back stars from the past, that nostalgia that we've talked about before sells. You know, that's why Goldberg comes back. That's why Stone Cold Steve Austin came back. That's why I think we're going to eventually see The Undertaker come back or Kane. You know, we see these guys, these men and women um, who come back for another shot of glory. Um, I don't think it's greed. I don't think it's, uh, you know, um, you know, anything more than wanting to perform. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think, and I do think that some do come back for the payday. Obviously they're not going to come back and do it for free, but I think that, you know, who are we to judge or be critical of someone who wants to step back in the ring? And I, I get where maybe someone that's on weekly, you know, another great example is Edge, who, you know, retired at, in his late 30s and was down and out for what we thought was going to be, you know, forever, not come back and wrestle again. And then he came back two plus years ago, better than ever. And, you know, I think that the pandemic, as much as it sucks, you know, I think that it, that limited schedule that was kind of forced upon wrestling companies kind of helped the men and women getting in the ring. And on one hand, it helped in terms of 
less risk for injuries. You know, we're not doing the four or five days a week, uh, you know, travel loop where they're on the road. And I know now things have changed, but I'm talking, you know, in, in 2020 and into 2021, you know, they were not on the road. Uh, so the wear and tear on the body of being in the ring four or five, six times a week, and then driving, traveling, getting on an airplane and doing all that. I feel like, you know, with, with the pandemic and kind of slowing things down a little bit and, and limiting the shows and AEW. And here's the, here's the flip side of that, you know, with AEW, a lot of their performers are new or newish to the business. And, and so, you know, we're never going to see a day again. I don't think where you're going to have wrestlers on the road, 310, 320, 330 days a year. Uh, like they were in the 80s, um, that that hot time for Crockett Promotions and for uh, WWF and the AWA. And I don't think we'll ever see that kind of competitiveness again. And, and that's where it kind of hurts because if these guys are only, and these women are only wrestling once or twice a week for, you know, AEW, for example, um, and some of them aren't even getting that opportunity, it, it does hurt. And that's where, you know, I, I see that many of them are, are going to other companies and doing indie shows and doing this and that and the other. Because um, really, the only way you're going to get better is to perform in front of a crowd and do it and get those rep, reps in. And um, I think that's where, you know, that greatest generation, if you will, of guys like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, that era of wrestling, Bret Hart has, has come and gone. And so, you know, I'm saying all that to say, you know, on one hand, the lighter travel, travel schedule has been beneficial in saving, uh, you know, the miles on the road and then the, you know, the, the bumps in the ring, you know, filling up that bump card. But on the other hand, it, it has taken away from those opportunities to improve and get better and, and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and so when it's on TV, you know, I know AEW sometimes uh, gets criticized for too many botches or too many mistakes in the ring. And, and that's where I think the benefit of getting on the road more um, and doing untelevised live events would help the performers uh, immensely. That's not a knock on anyone. I think that's just, you know, you're not going to get any better unless you do it and, and get in there and, and are consistent with it. Like anything in life, whether you're playing baseball or basketball or, uh, you know, working out or whatever the, the course that you're taking. So, again, I've kind of deviated off the main subject. The whole reason that that really kind of prompted this ageism discussion for me is that... Um, I could hear Chad saying, because you're old. Uh, no, it's not that. Um, you know, about uh, about a week and a half ago now, um, Stride Pro Wrestling held an event. It was a fundraiser um, at uh, Shawneetown Coal Days. Shawneetown is a tiny little town in southeastern Illinois. And, uh, you know, they wanted to do a wrestling event at their... Uh, uh, carnival or, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, carnival, but it's an event where, you know, they've got rides and games and, and food and whatnot. So yeah, basically a carnival. Um, but they wanted to bring in, you know, an attraction. And so they wanted uh superstar Bill Dundee 
and Cowboy Bob Orton. Well, Bill Dundee was ill and was not able to make it, but, but Cowboy Bob Orton came. And he wrestled. And Bob Orton is 72 years old. Uh, you know, I remember watching Bob Orton, the very first live event I ever went to in 1984, Bob Orton was a part of that card. So, you know, that was almost 40 years ago. Um, Bob Orton does not wrestle every week. He doesn't wrestle on TV. Um, Bob Orton gets in there and wrestles because he loves the business. He is not desperate for a payoff. He is not hard up and, and seeking glory. Um, and I, I'm saying all that because I had posted a video um, on TikTok. Um, you know, toward the end, the match started off as Bob Orton versus Axe Albert. And then the idea was that uh, Peyton Ayers of Stride Pro Wrestling was going to come down as well and attack Bob Orton. And so then it's a two-on-one situation. And then Heath Hatton comes in and evens things up. And then a tag team match is made. And then we've got... You know, Bob Orton and Heath Hatton versus Peyton Ayers and Axe Hallward. And, you know, I thought everything looked good. You know, Bob Orton, you know, he's a 72-year-old man. He's slower than what you would expect. But to me, you know, he was fine. He he wrestled in a t-shirt that, you know, I, I, I did not have a problem with Bob Orton being a part of that show or watching him. And there were a lot of fans who specifically came to see Bob Orton. And I had some people ask me where Superstar Dundee was, Superstar Bill Dundee was, and were disappointed that he wasn't going to make it. So again, it's that nostalgia. And, you know, I would would like to think that if Bob Orton's doctors had advised him to not get in the ring and wrestle, that he would not do that. Um, So for him to get in there and wrestle, and, you know, he threw, uh, you know, some punches and did an elbow, uh, you know, and body slams and, uh, you know, wrestled a, a, a match that, you know, I was impressed with watching this 72 year old man in action. And I, I had no problem with it. So again, the closing moments of the match, uh, and, and, you know, cheap plug to go watch this on my TikTok, and, and I'm not uh, humble bragging or maybe I am the video so far has had 105,000 views. Um, and it, it it's the ending sequence. Um, you know, Heath Hatton hits the RKO on uh, Peyton Ayers. People criticize that as well, which you know I'm not going to waste my breath arguing that. Um, and then it, the ending sees uh, Bob Orton get tagged in. Uh, Axe Allwork goes to body slam him, and instead uh, Bob wraps him or rolls him up into a small package, and they get the three count. And people, you know. There were some fans that were like, oh, you know, that can't really be Bob Orton. He's not wearing the cast and, you know, those kinds of things, which I get. That's, you know, funny, whatever, you know, back in the 80s, you know, Bob Orton and Rowdy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff, the first WrestleMania, the cast, how all that played a role in everything. I get it. I like it. It's fun. I, you know, liked those comments and whatnot. It was the people that were like, oh my God, this is so sad. Oh my God, this is so depressing. And that's all they said. And I'm like, Why is this sad? Why is this depressing? Knowing what they were going to say. And, you know, they start crapping on the fact that Bob Orton is, you know, he's in his 70s. He shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, again, I ask, who are we to decide who should or shouldn't be wrestling? 
You know, again, Bob Orton was wrestling at an independent show in southeastern Illinois. Uh, you know, a crowd of probably 150 to 200 people uh, who were there as, as you know, having a good time. And it was one match uh, of five other matches. And so why why that bother people so much and why I'm letting it bother me, I don't know either. I usually let this stuff just kind of roll and I will complain to my friends, uh, you know, via Snapchat or TikTok or Twitter or whatever. But for some reason, this has really just bothered me. And I just felt like kind of venting for a little bit. And, you know, Ric Flair, I, I talked a few weeks ago, or maybe it's been a few months ago now, you know, his behaviors as of late, I haven't been crazy about, you know, the whole argument with Becky Lynch over the the phrase, the man. And, um, you know, he has done some things, I think, that have kind of tarnished his, his I'm not going to say tarnished his legacy, but tarnished my fandom of him, you know, Ric Flair, my all-time favorite. But then seeing him behave in such a way has been a little off-putting. And now that he's getting in the ring and having this final match and, you know, I, I wasn't happy when I was at WrestleMania 24. Chad and I were there the night he lost. We were there at the Hall of Fame. We were there the night he lost to Shawn Michaels. We were there the next night on Raw when they did this amazing, probably the best retirement send-off in the history of professional wrestling. Loved every second of it. We were there in the crowd. We stayed, you know, after the, the camera stopped rolling and Vince McMahon comes out and The Undertaker and, of course, the Horsemen were there and, uh, you know, all of these integral parts of Ric Flair's career were there. And and so to see him a year and a half or two years later, get back in the ring and wrestle for TNA was disappointing. But again, it's the wrestling business and, you know, retirements don't ever really last forever. That's why I think the Undertaker will wrestle again. I think if he gets cleared and is able to, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Triple H get in there one more time. You know, how many of us thought we'd never see Ricky Steamboat wrestle again? And then he got back in the ring at, at WrestleMania 25 um, in that match against Chris Jericho. And and then we see, uh, you know, um, others who have taken the, the time away. Daniel Bryan, for example, I talked about Edge. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing when our favorites come back and re- and maybe the, maybe that's part of the problem too you know i'm tying too much of my uh emotion into it as, as it being one of my favorites and when one of my favorites does it it's okay in 30 years when baron corbin decides to get back in the ring after retiring will i be more critical of it i i, I don't know hopefully i'm here still in 30 years but uh you know i it's hard to say I guess my point is, is they're not hurting anyone. And I, I really legitimately believe in my heart of hearts that if Ric Flair thought for one second getting in the ring was going to hurt anyone, including himself, but hurting the wrestler that he's in there against, hurting the referee, hurting anyone you know of the fans that are around the ring or, or nearby or whatever, I don't think he would do it. And the same with Bob Ward. I would hope that these men and women who do come back and, and do these one-offs or, you know, maybe the occasional booking, I hope that they're thinking in those terms of, you know, I really wouldn't do this if I thought I was going to hurt myself or hurt somebody in the process. Um, and the, so that being said, you know, 
Why do people care? I, I really, if you're someone who is hating on Bob Orton or Ric Flair or when Tully Blanchard did it or, you know, other former superstars getting back in the ring and wrestling one more time or twice or whatever the case may be. Um, and I know WWE, for example, and, and I don't know that WWE would sanction the Ric Flair comeback. You know, I know their doctors are pretty tough. Um, you know, that's why Daniel Bryan didn't wrestle for so long. So uh, again, I, and I, I don't want to be the guy yelling at clouds and the guy defending the uh, old timers getting back in the ring. But, you know, as someone who is almost 50 and I'm probably guessing has not had his last match, um, you know, why do we care so much? So if, if you are in that camp and, and you are upset or bothered or, you know, don't want to see Ric Flair back in the ring. And again, it's his last match. That's what it's being billed as. And I really believe that this is going to be his last match. Why do we hold so much uh, against that if you're in that camp? Why are we so, uh, you know, if he gets in there and he drops dead in the ring, and, I, and this probably sounds very cavalier and, and probably cold sounding, and I don't mean it to be. But I couldn't think of another place Ric Flair would rather be than in the middle of the ring, um, you know, when his time is up. So, uh, again, people are too concerned about micromanaging or, you know, being involved in or whatever it is, the lives of, of everyone else. And that's kind of the, the society that we live in today. Everybody has an opinion. And everybody's quick to voice it, and I realize the irony that I am doing the exact same thing for the last 20 plus minutes um, on this podcast. So it gives me the chance, the opportunity to speak my mind and kind of put put it out there, how I think, how I feel, and for what it's worth, that's just the way it is for me. And so uh, I would love, again, if you are anti uh, Flair or Orton or the, any of these other old timers getting back in the ring, let me know. Uh, and we'll have a civil discussion about it. I'm, you know, again, not looking for a fight or a debate, uh, but a civil discussion, uh, the pros and cons. And I get it. There are cons to this too. I'm not, I'm not endorsing, you know, Ric Flair to get back in the ring and wrestle every week on Raw and SmackDown. Um, I get that there are limitations and I, but again, it's that nostalgia, and I had serious consideration of buying a ticket and going to Nashville to watch the match, but uh, I did not, um, and I will probably watch it on pay-per-view or uh, you know, catch the replay or something down the road. So again, thank you for listening. I want to remind you, Stride Pro Wrestling returns to Carterville this Saturday night, June 11th. We will be in Carterville, 1130 North Division Street. You can check out Stride Pro Wrestling's Facebook page, um, and again, Pro Wrestling Tees, Thigh huggers, collar and elbow, all the proceeds go to support Stride Pro Wrestling. So I appreciate uh, all of you who listen and have stuck around. And uh, again, let me know what's on your mind. Thanks for listening and have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.